What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Big Show Podcast brought to you by the two of us, Alex and Ethan, bringing you the best of Big Ten football. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and follow Apple, Spotify, wherever you find us. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Big Show Pod. Uh, no Big Ten football, unfortunately, to bring this week because Michigan Ohio State didn't make it an extra week. But nonetheless, there was a title game, there was football, there was a college football finale, and uh, there were a lot of fireworks for one team in particular. Georgia crushed TCU, sixty-five to seven. I mean, it was it was never close. I didn't think it was going to be close, but I also didn't think it was going to be that bad either. I think that when you look at the game itself, TCU versus Georgia, <clears throat> it really does show you what those five, four or five weeks they get to prepare for those semifinal games means to these teams. It lets you scheme, practice every single scenario, and then you go from that to a normal week of practice. And when you just have one normal week of practice, what is going to show on the field is the level of talent of the players. That's what you're going to see. You're not going to see a ton of scheme. I mean, you you are still going to see scheme, but, oh, my word, was it just so evident that the players on. And, and listen, if Georgia played that way against any team in the country, they could have played any team on that day. They weren't losing. If Michigan would have won, if Michigan would have beat TCU, they would have ran into a buzzsaw if Georgia played that same way. Nobody was beating that team that day that plays at the college level. It was not happening. Because Georgia played better in the natty than they did in the semifinal against Ohio State. Oh, absolutely. Ohio State deserved to win that game. They did deserve to win that game. And, And if you're an Ohio State fan... Like those those players are sitting at home thinking like, we just lost we already. We were a field goal away from winning the national championship. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's what it came down to. That was the mm-hmm. national championship game. And I fully believe that if there was only one week of practice, that Michigan doesn't dominate the same way that Georgia did. No way. But I but think they beat TCU pretty. They handily. beat TCU. Yeah. Yep. It and and look. That just shows you the coaching on, on TCU. I mean, you really start to think, like, how high a level of a job is TCU and how long can they keep him? Yeah, because those coaches, I mean, they came into the semifinal against Michigan with all their homework done. And I told, I said it on the pod, like, that was the first game in two years where I felt like Michigan was outcoached. Because mm-hmm. even in last year's semifinal against Georgia, do I feel like Michigan was outcoached in that game? Yeah, but I also didn't expect – like the talent gap wasn't small <clears throat> enough where yeah, I felt like – that, that Georgia team, although they lost, was one of the top five college football teams of all time. Last, yes. last season. Last season. Yeah, last season. Exactly. Yeah. So – yeah. This but year in the second, I, I do I also know. think I do also think that Kirby Smart is the best coach in college football right now. Oh, I I don't think you can take that title from Saban just yet. 
When you win back-to-back championships, I think I have every right to. I mean, I can see where you can make the argument. Especially when he won one of those national championships against Alabama. I hate being put in a position to argue for Bama or Nick Saban, but I think... Okay, well then don't. (laughs) But he's just done it for a longer... He's got a longer track record than Kirby. I mean, Kirby Smart isn't like a brand new coach. He's been very good at Georgia for a long time, and for a long time it was like they always had that one game during the regular season where they shot themselves in the foot. And, I mean, shout out to him. He's removed that from the equation. Yeah, he did, but I could easily see Bama coming in next year and ripping off 14-1 and and winning a natty. And then all of a sudden we're back to, oh, Bama's right back. Listen, these guys, these guys have a tendency to always reload, and I'm never going to doubt that. But listen to me. Both of these teams are replacing their quarterbacks with complete unknowns, and that we have not seen. We have not seen any of the three teams, the three top-tier teams who are doing this, okay? I am talking about Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia are all going to be dealing with, at the quarterback position, complete unknowns. Alabama is going to have an open competition for quarterback between their two guys in the offseason. Like, what? Yeah. That's crazy to me. Yeah, it it is going to be crazy to see all three of those teams refresh. But I, I would say the only thing for a Georgia fan, if you're looking at this, obviously Stetson Bennett is incredible. He's an incredible college football player. He he might be the greatest Georgia quarterback of all time based on accomplishments. But well, I was there's listening. No question based on accomplishments. There's zero question. I mean, Matthew You're Stafford right. was was incredible, but he won two national championships. I mean, come on. Yes, but I don't think you can say that it's impossible to get a true freshman who's just more naturally talented mm-hmm. than Stetson. Now, experience is a whole other thing, and that was an advantage that he had. But I think if you're Georgia, you can get a quarterback in there who can do things physically that Stetson couldn't. So I mentioned this in the podcast earlier this year. There are five starting quarterbacks in the NFL that are younger than Stetson Bennett. Right. Jalen Hurts, Tua Tungavailoa, uh, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, is Burrow the other one? No. Burrow's older. Tua, Jalen, um, Herbert, Lawrence. Was it someone oh, good or Zach Wilson? No, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. <laughs> yeah, so so Stephen had that going for him. Like he was a freaking grown man. Dude, it was out. like it was like when um I'm going to forget his name. The dude was like 30 plus years old playing quarterback. Not actually, but he was like 28 when he went to the NFL. And I believe he was the quarterback for Oklahoma State or Oregon State. Oklahoma State. He was the quarterback for Oklahoma State. Was it? um, Brandon Whedon? Yes. Yes. Brandon Whedon. Bro, come on. I mean, I'm on fire. Nice I thought he was, was going to go to the NFL and be so – this is how naive I was back then about football. I was like, this dude's going to the NFL. He's going to be so good. Like, I don't care how old he is. He's going to be so good. Trash. Didn't the Browns draft him in the second round? They sure did. 
I was like, oh, dude, the Browns are back. Like, yeah. they're, <laughs> this is their guy. I <laughs> for found. sure thought the same thing. And then it just got added to the list, that jersey that you always saw that the guy was adding duct tape names to for Browns quarterbacks. I was yeah. like, R.I.P. Brandon Weed, R.I.P. <laughs> I could have sworn he was going to do it. Dude, I thought he was going to be so good. Turns yeah. out when you're an old fogey playing college football, experience means that much in college football. I mean, Stenson Bennett is a great example. Is he a really good quarterback? Heck yeah, he is. Has he grown a ton in the last couple of seasons? Yes. Is he going to be a great NFL quarterback? Nope. Nope. He's not going to be very high on draft boards, that's for sure. He's going to (sighs) be... Somebody might take a chance on him in the third or fourth round. I could see that. Yeah. He actually might he actually might be dope on the 49ers if they get rid of Jimmy G and Trey Lance doesn't work out. Like just kind of manage the offense. <clears throat> I mean, how close to tr- is Trey Lance already to mm. not working out? Oh, I mean, I don't know. It's so hard. But tearing an ACL, dude, when when you're a quarterback and you tear an ACL and you're a mobile quarterback, it just causes yeah. real concern for me. I know we're hopping off subject, but anyway. Yeah, we are a little bit. So <clears throat> back to the natty. Obviously, TCU got destroyed, but kudos to them for being there. I mean, the ultimate Cinderella story, the first true Cinderella story that we've seen in the CFP era because they actually got to the national championship game. They got even farther than what a lot of people thought their ceiling was going to be. But there were some trolls out after that game, and the trolls were not just limited to the ones with zero followers on Twitter. There were some some national media personalities coming out and saying, oh, the, the CFP committee got it wrong. TCU shouldn't have been in there. They had no business being there. They didn't belong, blah, blah, they, blah. They won a game. Like Michigan was always getting in, and there was no argument to be made against that. They were 13-0, and and, and they, they beat them. There's And there's there's – no argument to the contrary. They went. They had an undefeated regular season. They went to their conference championship game and lost, which you cannot count against them over a team who didn't even reach their conference championship game and had two regular season losses. And guess what? The SEC, when it comes to depth, was not that much bit better than the Big 12. No, it wasn't. And... Let's point out the literal elephant in the room because the team you're talking about is Alabama because that's the 100%. team that everyone was talking about. Of course. All of the yeah, of they course. were saying Alabama should have been in over TCU. <clears throat> Colin Coward went on TV and he said, that's why I thought Alabama should have been in over TCU. They were going to give them a better game. They got more talent on the roster, blah, blah, blah. Let's look at the resumes from the regular season, shall we? Bama's top AP top 25 wins, and this is including the bowl game against Kansas State. Number 25, Texas, who they should have lost to, by the way. Number 20, Mississippi State. They played without, they played without their starting quarterback for three quarters and almost lost that game. Yep. Number 20, Mississippi State, and then number 14, Kansas State, who they beat in the bowl game. Those are their three ranked wins. Let's look at TCU's resume. Number 14, Kansas State, so they got that one in common. Number 25, Texas, who they have in common, and they beat worse than Bama did. And number three, Michigan. Number three, Michigan. And if you're Alabama, 
don't come to me and say that you didn't have your opportunities because you did. Mm-hmm. You lost to Tennessee, who was an AP top 10 team, and you lost to LSU, who got smacked by Georgia in the SEC championship game. This is Bama this- just average this year. They were <laughs> they were good. They were fine. But they were not better than TCU this year, and that's just a fact. Well, here's here's the only the only argument that needs to be made. In a four team format, the regular season means everything. Everything. And the Absolutely. moment you take a team whose only loss was in their conference championship game and put a two loss, two regular season loss, non conference championship game attending team in over them, you lose all credibility. All credibility. You lose all you because all you're doing then is putting the 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 four best perceived teams in. Well, I think that Alabama would beat TCU. Okay, cool. They went out and lost games. You thought Alabama was going to win the two games that they lost, and they lost them both. People before the year were legitimately saying, oh, well, this season is just going to come down to Bama and OSU playing each other, so we might as well just win <laughs> mm-hmm. game and beat them. Mm-hmm. And neither of them won the title. This neither is of why went we to it. Neither of them football. went to the championship game. This is why you play the games. This is why we play – this is college football. I mean, Michigan – played their worst game of the year and fell on their face against TCU. And that could have happened to anybody. Mm-hmm. Bama would have been just as capable of doing that in the semifinal Michigan, game. Michigan, How much played their, Michigan played their worst game against Illinois, but it was a bigger letdown against TCU. TCU was a better opponent, and they played probably the most entertaining college football game I've ever watched in that game against TCU but just came up short. But I, I understand what you're saying. And I, I just, there's no possible way, especially after TCU wins a game in the playoff that you could ever make that argument. No. Georgia you, was going to run over whoever they played on that day, the way they played. Nobody was beating them. Okay. Alabama would have lost by 21. Cool. Like, uh, okay, sure. Exactly. I, and, I made the same point. Go ahead. Go ahead. And and if TCU played against Alabama and you told me you have to put your life on which team you think is going to win, I'd put my life on Alabama. But guess what? They didn't end up deserving to be in. You still have to deserve it. You still have to earn it. It's not right. just given to you because you're perceived to be really good. Right. And the and only we reason have a regular, we wouldn't have a regular season if that was the case. No, it would be completely meaningless. You're absolutely right. And just to take a look back, because this is why I thought TCU was going to lose big. The last four national championship games have been decided by 15 points or more. Okay. So nobody was saying this about national championship game blowouts when it was Bama or Clemson or LSU or Ohio State. When they were winning big in the national championship, no one said Alabama that. Got by Clemson in the national championship game a few years or ago. Oklahoma didn't. Yes, yeah, I re- I watched that game with a Bama fan, my dad, Bama and Clemson, and Clemson just ran them off the field, and nobody said a thing. And it's because, well, you're just looking at recruiting rankings. You just know in your head that Bama's supposed to have a bunch of talent, 
So they just deserve to be there. And then you look at TCU, who doesn't have the recruiting numbers, and you're like, ah, see, didn't deserve to be there. They went and won a game. They won all but one of the games that were in front of them in their regular season. Doesn't matter how they did. They did. Yeah. And Bama yeah. should have lost two more games. They should have lost to A&M and Texas. Mm-hmm. Well, I, they, I don't even want to go down that road because then you could start making the argument that TCU TCU almost lost a couple games. I don't care about almost losses. How many games did you win? How many did you lose? Bama lost two. TCU lost one. And they made a conference championship game. Yeah, they lost the conference championship game, a game that Alabama didn't play. So if you match the records up face-to-face, 12-0, and 10-2. and Bama played I'm sorry. Two, Bama played two top 10 teams this year and lost to both of them. TCU played two top 10 teams and went one and one. Their one loss being to the national champion. There's no argument. There is no argument. It's so, it's so outrageous. And, and look, people, people want to be clickbaity and they want like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, now is my chance to hype up Alabama and, you know, make my big statement. Nobody was saying that after the Michigan TCU game. Where were those people after, after TCU beat Michigan talking about Alabama should have still gotten in? It was crickets for a week. They were all hiding under the floorboards, mm. just waiting for Georgia to do what they did. Little rats. Little rats. The whole <laughs> bunch of them. Uh, this kind of segues into another point I wanted to make. And I'm just going to kind of lay the the theme of this portion of the episode out to you, Ethan, so you can kind of get your brain thinking too. Biggest pet peeves in college football. Okay, so just re- just marinate on that for a minute and think about what you want to bring up because I have I have something I want to talk about. It kind of relates to the TCU thing. So because- I, I I just before you go because I feel like yeah. you have something specific in mind here. I, I do. Yeah. I, okay, perfect. I'm just going to I'm just going to say mine because we just talked about it. Literally it was just what we were just talking about. I hate how people don't use their eyeballs and what they saw on a game day to determine how they feel about teams. I I mean, I legitimately think that Alabama could have lost a third game in the season and, and people still would have been like, oh yeah, well, Alabama would beat TCU if they were to play. Okay, well, you were projected to beat both of the teams that you lost to and you lost to him. It is my big, not honoring what, ha- I'll, I'll put it this way. Fans not honoring or pundits not honoring what happens on the field that you can witness with your own eyes is my biggest pet peeve. I hate it. I cannot stand Then the games are meaningless. Why play them? So that right there is probably, uh, I'm. it's so fresh in my mind because we were just talking about it. Well, and you were on it during the season too, when the CFP rankings kept coming out, and like, yeah. and, and teams would be within two or three spots of each other. But Michigan like and talk- Clemson, Michigan and Clemson, Michigan, Clemson being ranked over Michigan when the rankings first got released. But I'm talking about even like the head-to-head matchups, and oh, the yeah. CFP would yep. come out when Utah just beat USC, and, and USC, USC still ranked higher than Utah. Genius, what? genius. <laughs> We're geniuses. I, I just, I, oh. and look, 
listen, if a team has three losses, okay, and then they hand a team their first loss of the season, so that team is, say, eight and one, and the other team is five and three, or, or, or I'm sorry, six and three, <clears throat> I can understand that team still being ranked ahead of them. Like, your body of work has not put you ahead of this team, even though you beat them in a head-to-head. Like, and congrats on beating them in a head-to-head. But those are the times when it makes... But if you're, like, one win away from that opponent and you beat them in a head-to-head, I don't get it. (laughs) Anyways, I'm sorry. I digress. Go ahead. No, I I love it. That's what I want us to to dive into because... I think we all could could mention probably two or three things about this, but the one I'm going to bring up is the the fans and the pundits who say that this program has this ceiling because they're this program, right? Like like five years ago, no one would have said TCU is capable of making a national championship game. They would have said, ah, TCU is just the perennial 8-10 to 10 win team, and that's all they'll ever be because they're TCU. I mean, people used to say the same thing about Michigan before they did what they did the last two years. If you would have told people two years ago, Michigan will be in the next two college football playoffs. And beat Ohio State by double digits both years. Yeah. <laughs> there you no go. one would have told you because Michigan was that team. Clemson, in Davos' first six years, they they coined the term Clemsoning, like th- that they just choked at the end of every season when they were on the cusp of something great. And they thought, oh, that's just Clemson. And the reason it relates to the game and what and everyone's response to it is because I saw a clip from, from Colin Cowherd, who I love listening to, by the way. I think he's super entertaining. But he swung and missed on this one. Because he showed a graphic of Georgia's last five recruiting class rankings and TCU's last five recruiting class rankings. And he said, see, this is why I argued Bama should have been in. You just know in your head that Bama's going to give a better game than TCU. And so I thought, okay, if that's the argument, if recruiting classes directly correlate every time to wins on the field, let, let's put it to the test. I went back to 2017 and looked up every single, what the top five programs were in each year for recruiting classes and how many times they ended up in the top five recruiting classes since 2017 to 2022, okay? Bama and Georgia both appeared six times. All six years, they had a top five class. Makes sense. They both got natties, okay? So, so far, the point stands. But after that, things get muddy. Ohio State is next on the list with five of those six years having a top five class. No national championship in those years. Uh, Next on the list, uh, sorry, not TCU, LSU with three. They've got one national championship, more than Ohio State, and they have more top five classes. Texas with three top five classes in the last six years, and they're struggling to make bowl games most years. After Texas, you get Texas A&M, with two. I was, and waiting for that. I was waiting for Texas A&M to come up in this. Texas A&M with two tied with Clemson. Clemson's won a natty. 
Texas A&M didn't make a bowl this year. And this is just the icing on the cake. Michigan won. Mm-hmm. One top five recruiting class in the last five years. And they've lost two games in the last two years. Sorry, three games in the last two years. Made the college football playoff and pummeled Ohio State two years in a row who has had four more top five classes in the last six years than Michigan has. There is no direct correlation to elite recruiting and it always turning up on the field. Now, I say that and take it with a slight grain of salt because obviously you need great players on the field to 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 compete at a high level, right? Bama and Georgia are showing you that. But it's not foolproof. And TCU just showed you that it's not foolproof because they went up against Michigan when their recruiting classes have been in the 20s, 30s, 40s, and even 50s and beat them head to head. So do not try to use recruiting rankings as an argument as to why certain teams can't get to certain levels or they don't deserve to be in the college football playoff. So I agree with you to a point. Um, but where where I start, I'll start with where I start to vary from what you're saying. Because in order to be an elite level program year in and year out, you have to be recruiting at that level. You have to be recruiting like Georgia. You have to be recruiting like Alabama. You have to be recruiting like Clemson. You have to be recruiting like LSU. That like that is what it takes to be that way year in and year out. Now that's not to say you can't be a contender from time to time, but I think the the biggest outlier in in all of it is probably Michigan because they really have not had major recruiting classes over the last five years under Jim Mar- Now they've been good, but they have not been elite level recruiting classes. And I really do think that in order to sustain it, it's a lot of it is going to come down to the portal now for sure um, for where you can fill gaps. But I, I, I agree with you in the sense that you can definitely build a winner. um, But in order to reach the peak, in order to reach the top of the mountain, I do think that you need to have a class come in or, or you find someone, which I'm not saying Joe Burrow wasn't a high-level recruit. He was a five-star recruit. You need to find someone who can come in. Like a, like a, Max Duggan is a perfect example. I don't know what star recruit he is. I'm guessing a three. Four. He's a four. Okay, so a four-star recruit. He goes to TCU. He's a five-star player. Right. <laughs> we can all see that. You know, like you, you have to find, and you have to find a few of them. They're their number one wide receiver at TCU. I, First round. His, his name escapes me. Um, Quentin Jones. Yeah. He and I mean, if if you were to give him a, a rating now, I mean, he's a first round pick. He's a first one round wideout. So, yes, I understand your point, and there is a a huge portion of it that is player development that has to take place. But I do think that in order to sustain that success, you do have to be recruiting at that type of a level. And I agree with you that to stay at that peak, like Georgia has going back to back 
like Bama has over the last decade plus, you do have to stay at that level for a long period of time. Yeah, but don't recruit- use that. Don't use that argument like Colin Cowherd did about the recruit blah blah blah. You know, recruiting classes. They have they have two first round picks at their two major skill positions at quarterback and at wide receiver. So I don't want to hear that argument. Like they have developed their talent into if you went back and re-ranked those recruiting classes where those two came in, they would skyrocket because of what their players have done. And that's part of my point too that I'm trying to make is while recruiting is extremely important, there are so many other variables to what makes a contender on any given year. Like you said, player development, uh, the the right coach being matched up with the right player in the right scheme in the right time, the, the right culture in the locker room. You saw that with Michigan where Aiden Hutchinson kind of led the culture change in that locker room, and so did Cade McNamara. And you kind of caught lightning in a bottle when you didn't expect it after you went two and four during the COVID year. So yes, to stay at the peak, to stay at that top elite echelon of college football, recruiting and elite recruiting is the cost of doing business. But there's a lot of other stuff that you have to get right in order to actually reach the pinnacle. And schools like Texas A&M and USC prove that. So does does the recruiting process to, well, it's not going to happen this year. But at the end of next season, when one of the a, a couple or one of the big, big, big name schools out there inevitably fire their head coach, Sonny Dykes is number one on the like. Here they come. I think you want to see TCU for one more year. Yeah, that's right. No, no, no. I said after next season. Yeah, I think Sonny Dykes is going to be high up on the list, but I think next year is going to be really telling. And people may have to decide on, is it mostly Garrett Riley or is it mostly Sonny Dykes? It is. So question, is Duggan coming back? Is he a sophomore? That's a great question. I don't know the answer, but I'll look it up. Okay. I I just, I think that if he has another year with Duggan, I could definitely see them winning the Big 12 again and making a, a you know another Big 12 championship game not saying that it's going to be an undefeated season I think that's unrealistic to think but I could it very looks like, well see them it looks like Duggan has a decision to make he's a senior mm, okay but I'm so, sure he's got a year yeah he definitely does but man with the year you just had I think you gotta go or he might be bummed that he despite how great the year was, like he didn't get a, a ring, you know? Or do they get rings for winning the semifinal? Uh, that's a bowl game win, like you won the Fiesta Bowl. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think but so. But he didn't win the Big 12. Which, if, you, if you watch his presser afterwards, yeah, he was but, upset about that. I, I And yeah, I, I know he was, but I, I just think that there is... He's got a chance to go and change his life forever with one contract. I, oh, I yeah. Mean, he could go get a contract and listen, I think the kid could be good in the NFL. He's got, yeah, a, think- he's got, he's got a lot of stuff he's got to take care of with his arm, but his mobility, his ability to escape the, escape the pocket and make on-time accurate throws. You saw it the whole game against Michigan. 
he was unreal in that yep. game. So his ability to create outside of the pocket and their O-line is not great, especially in pass protection. I mean, he was under duress that whole game. Same yeah. thing in the in the Big 12 championship game against K-State. He was under duress that whole game and played out of his mind. Um I don't know. I'd like to see, I I I'd like to see him I'd like to see him go to the NFL. And, and that's for his sake, I'm saying, honestly. Yeah. So. <clears throat> we'll see. So we're we're starting to talk about next year a little bit. Uh, I've been thinking a little bit about Big Ten stuff and what I think is going to happen next year. I know I didn't like present this before the show or anything. Do you have any like bold takes or things that you've been thinking about yes. going into next year? Whether yeah, I do. Yep, yeah. and and mine centers around um, not my own team. Uh, it centers around Penn State. And for so long, Penn State has been just, they just can't get over the hump, you know. And I really think it's that make or break year. They have a great recruiting class coming in. They have so much talent returning to that team. I don't think Sean Clifford was all that in a bag of chips. I don't think it's going to be like impossible to replace a guy like that. So my expectation for, and listen, Michigan, are they losing guys? Yes. Are they returning the core of that team? Yeah, they are. In my mind, Michigan is the team to beat in the East right now. And I don't think there's an argument to be made to the contrary. They've won it the last two years and gone under, they went undefeated in the Big Ten this year. So they've lost one Big Ten game in the last two years with back-to-back Big Ten championships. But if you're Penn State, all signs are pointing towards Ohio State is they're going to be starting a new QB, a, a zero. There's going to be a zero experience QB starting for Ohio State. And like I said, they are a team that typically just reloads. But at some point, it's not going to happen, right? At some point, you're going to have a year where it's like, oh, my gosh, they lost three games. You know, yeah. you're going to have that Clemson year. The after Trevor Lawrence Clemson year. Yeah. So I'm just saying this is a phenomenal opportunity for Penn State to come out. And if I'm if I'm a Penn State fan, my expectation going into the season is win a Big Ten championship. That's the expectation. 100%. In my mind, because you fail constantly to win those big games. You get to play Ohio State and Michigan both every single year. You might, and I said this, I said this in the New Year's resolution video or, or, or podcast. I'm sorry. You have to win one of those games. You must, and then the expectation is win the rest of your Big Ten games. Because if I'm not mistaken, there are only two losses in the Big Ten. There are only two losses this season were to Michigan-Ohio State. And every other game wasn't even close. Yeah, and like, they threw out throttled Utah in the in the bowl game, in the Rose Bowl. Yep. Yeah, I so, think the floor for Penn State next year has to be one loss. That has to be yeah. the floor, mm-hmm. whether you make a 10 championship okay, so, or Okay, so then you agree with me. If, if the floor is one loss, 
Yeah. Okay. So you're setting yourself up for if there's an undefeated Big Ten East champion, then correct. Sure. Yeah. Then you yeah, give them I think, the pass. I think the floor for them is second in the Big Ten East. Uh, okay. You know what? I I will concede that, but I would still. Your name in the last in the last two weeks of the season needs to be meant being being mentioned every single time the playoff is brought up. Absolutely. Every time Absolutely. the playoff, every time the playoff is talked about, oh well, there's Penn State. Yeah, just like, just like, oh, um, I'm sorry, just like, um, Alabama was this year. Except theirs happened with two losses. Yours can't happen that way. One loss. One loss. What is their? I would be very interested to know what their non-conference looks like next year. I'm looking at their schedule right now. Oh. Well, look at you, all over everything, Mister All Over Everything. I'm always all over everything. What? <laughs> Who said that? All you right, uh, you handsome devil, you. <laughs> uh, looks like are these just home games? No, okay, this is, this is everything. So West Virginia and Delaware and UMass is their non-conference. Gee. So three and zero. What a tough schedule. <laughs> so this is how their oh, season plays out. They've got West Virginia, Delaware, Illinois, Iowa, Illinois. Northwestern. Yeah, I see it. I've got it pulled up here. Okay. So they 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 play Michigan in week uh, their third uh, their third to last week of the season. They play Michigan. That should be. I mean that should be a top ten matchup, right? Absolutely, it it has to be. I mean, legit, it has to be. Yeah, because because you, you get Michigan at home, you get Michigan at home. You're at OSU, right smack dab in the middle of the season. You're at OSU, October twenty first. Yeah, Penn State fans, <clears throat> you are circling that Michigan coming to you game, coming to Beaver Stadium. You know it's going to be white out, and they're going to be going crazy. You have to have that game, especially yeah. if you drop the OSU game. Yeah, and you're at OSU, so right. Uh, I, I, I just have... go ahead. I'm looking at their schedule, and look from the west. You play Iowa, and 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 sentence. Like, I'm so, like, well, no, they play Northwestern. Oh yeah, how many games did they win in the U.S. Uh, this past season? <laughs> Zero. Oh, interesting. How did they play more than? Did they play any in the U.S.? They they played eleven. Oh, gotcha. So zero oh, and eleven. Oh, interesting. Zero oh, and eleven. Yeah, I mean, you are. You play nobody. Like their schedule is soft as Charmin from the West. Yeah, they look like they. Well, Iowa will probably be a top twenty-five team. They get Iowa at home. So Penn State, two of your toughest toughest three games are at home. I mean, yep. if the red carpet, the red carpet can't get laid out any any better for you. Yep. Their next game is in ninety-three days. 
April 15th. Their the spring game. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Yeah, Penn oh, State man. next year's gotta be next year's gotta be it. Because if you go back to back years going yeah. eleven and two with your two losses being to Michigan and Ohio State. No, no, right. no, no. And you, the rest of your schedule is so soft. Yep. They finish the year against Michigan State, but I fully expect Michigan State to still be struggling next year. They will still be in recovery. Yeah. They are not fully released from the hospital. No. So that's uh, you asked, and that's my answer. My my answer right. is Penn State's gotta go out there and it, I, I want a I want a one loss season from Penn State. Like my early twenty twenty three Big Ten take is also not my team. Uh it's also not in the East. I think Wisconsin should be the favorite in the West going into next season. Agree. I know and Iowa's made the moves with getting Cade and Eric all. No, but I think, I, I think if you match up Wisconsin and Iowa, the talent level is similar and the coaching edge is Luke Fickle by a mile. Oh, my word. Kurt Ferentz is such a bad coach. How is he still the coach? He's not such a bad coach. That's that's awful to say. And I'm sorry to all the Penn State people out there. But like You mean Iowa? Or Iowa, yeah, I'm sorry. I I'm still looking at Penn State stuff. But I, I just I just think it's it's time to move on. And obviously, like, you have to have new coordinators next season. It is a must to have a new offensive coordinator. If they don't make the switch now, I mean, oh. how bad does it need to be? Oh, yikes. How do you transfer we... there? If you're Eric Hall and, it, like, if you're Eric Hall and you are Cade McNamara, how do you transfer there not knowing for sure he's going to be gone? I mean, for Eric Hall, he's probably thinking to himself, like, oh, they're tight end you. Like, yeah, George Trill, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant. <clears throat> Yeah, they could probably get me into, like, a fifth-round draft pick type status. Something like that. Or maybe even fourth. But Cade, like, I, I mean, we we said it, though. He only wants to go there. He wants to play Michigan in the national – or not the national championship, the Big Ten championship. I, I don't know how much I buy into that, but – You don't think so? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I felt like looking at his body language when he when it was kind of sealed that he wasn't getting the starting job. Yeah, I thought it was bad. I saw him on the sidelines at the Michigan Michigan State game um, before the game, during the game, like all that stuff. He was out there walking around in his street clothes. He did not have a single piece of Michigan apparel on, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, he's gone." I said that to I said that to you and Corey after yeah. I because I was like on the fifty row like I don't know 15 or 20 something like that and it was like so weird to see him walking around and he wasn't interacting with any of the players he was just like over there he talked to some of the coaches and then it was like he just would disappear and I was like oh yeah he's definitely gone but is Iowa a crossover game for Michigan next year 
I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, it is not. So, so you don't it, have a chance to play him in the regular season. Right. You are going to have to make it to Indy and hope that they make it too, which that will be the expectation for Michigan next year to make it again because Michigan will be a preseason top three team. Um, so, I don't know about that. They'll be preseason top five, but yeah. I don't everything care. So I don't far care about I don't care about preseason rankings. We've had this discussion a thousand times. We have. That is very they are true. useless. Because and if they mattered, TCU wouldn't have been in the playoff this year. And if they mattered, Michigan wouldn't have been in the playoff last year. Exactly. So field. Uh, yeah, so that's that's my take. Is it's I don't think there's much that can happen to make it so I'm not picking Wisconsin to win the West next year. What would have to happen is a change in offensive coordinator at Iowa. And even I don't then, even I don't think that's really like a hottish take or whatever. I think Wisconsin is probably going to be like either number one or another number two as favorites go. Yeah, maybe it's not a hot take, I guess. I don't know. I tried. <laughs> I tried my best. I gave my best lukewarm take. Uh-huh. There. My Luke Fickle warm take. Um, all right. Do you have anything else you want to bring up before we get to a fan question or two? No, rip it. All right. So one of these comes from Corey Cercina, who is sometimes on this podcast. He's on the podcast most of the time, but tonight he is not. He, he asked us, why does Michigan? (laughs) That's, that's the question. Okay. Next, next question. He's still he's still down real bad. Uh-huh. Uh, this is actually I said that any question was fair game, and so is this Thunder Ian fifty five. Uh, what are some keys to some of the wild card games this weekend, which you may not want to talk about because you were hoping the Lions would be in one of these. No, uh, I'm I'm totally content. <clears throat> I am very encouraged with the way the Lions season ended. Very, very encouraged by it. And for them to finish the season 8-2 and two in their last 10 games after starting 1-6 was just remarkable. So, very proud of my Lions. Proud to be a Lions fan today, even though they didn't make it. Thanks a lot, Rams. You had an easy walk-in touchdown if Baker Mayfield knew the, how to throw the ball 45 yards downfield. Instead, he <laughs> underthrew him by a mile and threw a pick. Anyways... Um, I think you're going to see a couple of close games. Most of these games will be decided by more than a touchdown. I think the, I think the Jacksonville, I think the Jacksonville, um, I believe they play the Chargers. Chargers, Yeah. I almost said San Diego. Yeah. The, the Jacksonville LA game is going to be the best game of the weekend. Um, I think the Giants have a shot to upset the Vikings, too. Yeah, I, I don't think that's much of an upset. I think the Vikings are horrible. They're only favored by three. Yeah, at home. So there's your home field advantage right there. They have no secondary. But the Giants also don't really have a passing game. I expect the Vikings to win that game just because their weaknesses don't really play into... Their weaknesses don't really play into, like the Giants' strengths a ton. 
And that's what you need to have happen when you're playing on the road in the playoffs. You need your strengths to like be able to take advantage of the other team's weaknesses. And that's not really going to happen. Anyways, there's my takes. I like it. I like it. Um, we had we also had a, a sticker on Instagram that said, "Give us one word about how you're feeling about the end of college football season." Because it did kind of it didn't really hit me until yeah. like the day I was like, "Oh dang!" I'm literally like I was too busy trying to fathom how Michigan lost to TCU that I didn't realize I was like, "Oh shoot!" I've got like eight months until I can even watch Michigan play football again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is part of that is part of what makes football so great is yes. how long you have to go without it. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Uh, Zach Marin typed in, said he feels empty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kay Rambler, who I know is a Penn State fan, said she feels bad. Corey said he's sad. Corey might be the most engaged Instagram follower we have. Uh, sad. R- also sad. R- our Banha, uh, he said he feels bamboozled. What a great word. Hmm. My dad said he feels lost. That makes sense. You're an Alabama fan. Yeah. And then my father-in-law said, whoa, he said, and he, he he went looking for this one. He said, whoa, be gone. I, I didn't even, W-O-E, be gone. No, no spaces. Like I knew he was smarter than me, but like this is, this is another level. That, man, that man's a thesaurus. Um, yeah, we're not feeling good about the end of the college football season either. Oh, no, I hate it. I do love. I it, it's it's a little easier for me because I love the NFL playoffs. I love them. And the playoffs last year, the NFL playoffs last year were the best playoffs I've ever watched in my life. Yeah, they were amazing. They were I'm incredible. In the, I'm in a fantasy league now for the postseason <gasps> where we redraft. You, you, yeah, you draft your roster. Yep, and the lowest two scoring teams get kicked out. And this is the first time I'm doing it, so I'm super pumped. Wait, I want to be it. I want to do it. I think we filled up the spots, but it's one we already filled up. I'm so sorry, bud. We don't got space for you. <laughs> Let's laugh it off and keep going on to the next thing. <laughs> Time to change the subject. Um, so the last fan question I want to save for last because it is the off season. Lord Liam asked us, "What's the plan for the off season for the podcast?" So hmm. to be honest, we don't really know yet. Yeah. I think the only thing we know for sure is we're going to take next week off. Yeah. So this will be the last episode for at least two weeks. Um, I would say just stay stay tuned to the socials because we'll definitely be – we'll still be active on there. And by we, I mean you. And so I would say just keep an eye out on there. I think there's a possibility we might go to a a once-a-month format unless we're feeling frisky and want to hop. You know, we feel like we've got some stuff to talk about. Um, or we some, might just put episodes around like significant days, like exactly. National Day or spring yeah. practices and stuff like that. Right. Um, or maybe we'll hop on on a random week week and like, you know, put on Instagram like, 
mm-hmm. what do you want to talk about? Or maybe we'll get on here and have a podcast like our favorite Big Ten jerseys or like who we think the mm-hmm. attractive coach in the Big Ten is. Or yeah. I mean, like, there, there's there's endless possibilities. Do not listen, people. Don't forget. Go over to our social media show or our show, our social media accounts. Alex will tell you all about them. You go to at those pod at Big Show Pod on Instagram and on Twitter. We're a little more active on Insta than Twitter, but I'm starting to pick up my my Twitter game. Go uh, over, you- go over to the Instagram, find our most recent post, and type in the comments and say, "Hey guys." I would love for you to talk about this in the next pod. And chances are, we're going to do it. Yeah, we will. Because we're chances we're are, you. Chances are, we'll do a podcast because you asked us to do it. We're this that, is, this we're show that desperate. For the people. Yeah, we're that desperate to interact with you guys. Okay? Yes. We love I, you. Rick! <laughs> uh, no Christian boy, he doesn't swear. That's why I say frick. I was in a church pickleball league last night, and I yelled frick like four times, and some old man goes, hey, watch your language. I'm so excited that that happened. Because I know you felt so embarrassed when it happened. Oh, yeah. Oh, yep. yeah. But yeah, tell us what you want to hear, and we will do it, because we are here for you. Listen, people, we love you very much. And we will talk to you soon. And the more you ask us to talk to you, the closer we get to talking about our jobs and do this all the time. That's right. So with that, I think we're done for this one. Thank you for listening through the whole season. Seriously, this was so much fun. And I'm super pumped to do it again and get ready for season two. We love you all. Subscribe, follow on the socials at Big Show Pod, again on Instagram and Twitter, and we will talk to you soon. See you. Peace.